1: Welcome back in 3HL, 104.5 The Zone, Brent Doherty, Don Davenport, and Ron Slay, and we are going to talk some college football. We're getting close. Our guy Phil Steele has the magazine you need every year, and there is a digital copy as well. PhilSteele.com is the website. Phil joins us now. Phil, what's up? How are you, man?
0: You know, I am doing great, Brent. This is my favorite time of the year. There's no magazine deadline, and yeah. there's, during football season, I work 100 hours a week. Right now, I'm just doing uh, six or seven radio shows a day and kicking back and relaxing.
1: <laughs> well, we appreciate you hopping on with us. I know the listeners appreciate it, too. We always enjoy uh, talking football, college football, uh, in particular in the South, for sure, and uh, enjoy having you on every year. What, what year is this for the, for the Phil Steele book?
0: Well, it's going to make me sound old, but it's my 29th year of the magazine. But keep in mind, I started young. So, <laughs> But uh, 29 years, next year will be the 30th year of the magazine. And remember the the first year, Brent, I don't know if we were around for that one or got it, but it was 188 pages. It was black and white. It was on newsprint. Uh, we switched to full color about seven years later. And now here we are, uh, 29th year of the magazine, 352 pages.
1: I remember the first uh, issue. I was still at the University of Tennessee at that point. I'm, I'm 27 years in radio right now, but um, I always enjoy having you on, and uh, it's it's always fun this time of year. I guess uh, we need to start here. Uh, the two-time defending champs, the Georgia Bulldogs, how do they get that 3 um, What What do they look like roster-wise?
0: You know, it's it's pretty much laid out for them to get the three peat this year. The one question mark you have with Georgia is the quarterback position. They lose Stetson Bennett, who let's face it, the guy was a winner. Uh but and they replace him uh with Carson Beck. And Carson Beck was actually my six number six rated quarterback coming out of high school. He was there at Georgia in twenty, twenty one, twenty two, so it's his fourth year with the program. He is really ready to step in and Georgia has a great schedule, plus a great surrounding cast. He is my number six set of running backs number four set of receivers, number one offensive line to work with. And defensively, last year they were rather inexperienced on defense. This year, very experienced. They only lose five five NFL draft picks as opposed to eight or nine like <laughs> they did last year. Best defense in the country, outstanding special teams. And when you look at the schedule, they'll be a double-digit favorite in their first ten games this year. Now, the Oof. toughest game on the schedule is at Tennessee, but by that time, uh, Carson Beck should have 10 starts under his belt, probably be a Heisman contender at that point. And uh, I think it'll be a pretty tough game, a tough game for Tennessee, tough game for Georgia as well, the toughest game on the schedule.
2: Before we kind of dive more into that, Phil, I- I'm curious how hard... Uh, your job in previewing and all of this has become with the transfer portal and with rosters all up in the air. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy because, you know, they've got the 15 window after spring practice. And I know you have so many sources that you talk to within programs to kind of get to know all these teams and all that. But has that been maybe challenging, something you haven't had to deal with in the past?
0: Oh, absolutely, Don. And, in fact, uh, you know, we used to go to the press in May uh, to get the magazine out. The, the old adage in the magazine industry is you want to be the first on the shelf. They'll buy the first three magazines out there, and then maybe they've spent their magazine money for the year. But the, the advantage to my magazine is people will wait around for it. And what we did this year is the Transfer Portal closed May 15th. <clears throat> and a lot of magazines were actually in the newsstand June 1st, which means they went to the press like May 1st before the portal even closed. (sighs) We not only waited for the portal to close. I gave it three weeks, and every head coach, I talked to about 122 of the 133 head coaches out there, and each one has my cell phone number, and I said, look, give me a text. Give me a call if you sign anybody before June 7th. So we went to the press June 7th, three weeks after the portal closed. Very hectic down the stretch. I have to admit, I was getting texts on June 6th from coaches saying, put this player on the page and we'd get him on the page at, at the last minute scrambling around makes it a lot more difficult. The transfer portal It used to be back in May. We know the roster of the team inside and out because there was no portal, but, uh, it's, we, at least we've adapted to it, Don.
2: Oh, well, I just, I can imagine that it is crazy. I mean, it's crazy for coaches too, no doubt. Um, okay. Let's, <laughs> uh, let's kind of jump back into the sec and, uh, you know, I always like to ask you, you know, your your favorite, your dark horse, all of this, but when it comes to SEC, your number one most improved team in the country comes from the SEC, right?
0: Yeah, it's Texas A&M, and uh, let's go back to last year with Texas A&M. They were number 124 on my experience chart. That's one of the least experienced teams in the country. And I'll go back over my uh, phone calls uh, with uh, Coach Fisher last year, Don, and that was uh, at the end of almost every position, like the offensive line. He said, Phil, we will have one of the best offensive lines in the country next year he didn't say this year he said next year so I started looking ahead to next year at that point because they were so inexperienced and then they go and lose their top wide receiver Anaya Smith in week four they had to start three different quarterbacks due to injury the defense got hit by injuries as well and yet even in that five and seven season they beat LSU the team that played in the SEC championship game and they were at the Alabama two-yard line at the end of the game on the road uh, with a chance to win it on the final play of the game well this year Ten starters are back on offense. Ten starters are back on defense. They are now number 14 on my experience chart. And this is the, the team that Coach Fisher was telling me about last year, and he feels confident in them this year as well. They get Alabama at home, which is huge. Now, they do have two tough road games. They have to play Tennessee on the road, which I'm a slight underdog in, and LSU on the road. But overall, this and A&M team I think is going to surprise a lot of folks, and I'd consider them a contender in the SEC, SEC West this year.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the criticism last year um, w- was that Jimbo's offense was kind of archaic, and, and he goes out and he gets Bobby Petrino to come in there. How much? Uh, how much does does that impact what Texas A&M will be in terms of your power rankings with with one of the better offensive minds in the game? Uh, coordinating yeah, I think it does Texas make an M- offense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it it does definitely make an impact, and as does the 10 returning starters. So I think even if Coach Fisher was calling plays this year, I think they'd be improved. But uh, getting Bobby Petrino in there I, th- I think is a, a nice plus as well. It takes some of the the pressure off of Coach Fisher. So I, I really like the move that uh, Jimbo made there.
2: Well, the pressure is certainly on Coach Fisher. That's that's for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, shakes out. You mentioned their their tough game at Tennessee. Uh, you know, we're here in Nashville. You know, this is this is Vol Country around here, and I got to tell you, Tennessee fans are super excited with Joe Milton and what he's shown in the off season. Where are they? in your power rankings in the SEC, and where do you kind of feel like they might have an advantage to give Georgia a run?
0: I think they will give Georgia a run because the game's at home, unlike last year where they had to play them on the road. And last year, Georgia was super motivated. Remember, Tennessee was number one in the playoff committee, and so mm-hmm. Georgia had that that super extra chip on their shoulder for that one. I do believe, Don, that the, the season for Tennessee comes down to the quarterback play in Joe Milton, remember last year Hendon Hooker had just a phenomenal year twenty seven touchdowns, only two interceptions all year uh hit nearly seventy percent of his passes. Joe Milton has been in the system for three years, and he's got everything you want in a quarterback as far as physical traits go. Six foot five, two hundred forty-two pounds, can throw the football ninety yards. He's mobile. He's got everything you want, and I like what I saw to him in the final two games of the year against Vanderbilt and in the bowl game. He's got a good supporting cast. One of the more underrated groups at running back in the country. This is a, a group that doesn't have the huge names of some of the other teams because they don't have the returning thousand-yard rusher, but it's. One of the better groups out there. The offensive line is a good group, and defensively, I think Tennessee's improved as well. I've got the Vols favored. Uh, in 10 of their 12 games this year. The only two games I don't have them favored at Alabama, naturally, and then home against Georgia. But that Georgia game, I consider it a game that Tennessee has a shot, and if anybody's going to knock off Georgia in the east, Tennessee's the team. So right now I'm looking at a 10-2 season, but it wouldn't surprise me if uh, they have the potential for an upset against Georgia on November 18th.
2: At Alabama, huh, even with, you know, new quarterback and, of course, Saban, you From know, Tennessee. new uh, n- new coaches like he always does. Y- you still got them favored over Tennessee.
0: Yeah, you know, Alabama recently, the, the last couple of years, it surprised me that they have struggled on the road like they have. Uh, you go back and look at their road losses and some of the games that they've won on the road, like Texas last year, uh, close game, down to the wire, uh, and so they 've really have struggled on the road, but they 're tough at home and While they only have five returning starters on offense, five on defense, and they have quarterback questions and new coordinators. You know, Nick Saban's in his spot right now. He's only once when he's been a preseason number one has he won a national title. However, put him outside that preseason number one, and Alabama's got the talent. They've got Nick Saban, and uh, the last time they weren't preseason number one was 2020. They were preseason number three, won the national title. I think it's dangerous and the fact that they do play better at home than they have on the road the last couple years.
1: Phil Steele with us. Uh, Phil Steele's college football preview. com is the website. You can order the magazine or get a digital copy there.
3: It's Phil, the best. Ah, yeah, it is the best. <laughs> All but that Alabama part right there. Hey, Phil, let me ask you this. Um, let me circle it back around to Tennessee real quick. Um, the defense, what what do you expect from that defense? You know, the depth was a problem a little bit last year. You talked about the offense had high-powered, but what do you expect out of out of Hypo's defense this year, especially in that secondary?
0: Yeah, like I said, I think overall the defense will be improved. In fact, all three units do rank in my top units in the front of the magazine. Uh, I rate the defensive line number 24, and the defensive backs – Uh, number 25 coming into the year. They didn't go out and get a ton of transfers to come in and win the starting jobs, uh, but getting a guy like Peely coming in from BYU I think is a plus at the linebacker spot, Uh, and also getting a cornerback from BYU. And uh, Judy Lala should help out with the depth, which we've hit uh, right there. And so I think a better depth on the defense is going to have this defense be better. I don't think they'll be one of the top ten defenses in the country, but with that offense you don't need to have a top ten defense.
1: yeah go ahead Don.
2: I was gonna say I promise we will talk about more than just the SEC but I I was gonna switch (laughs) gears because you know me being an an Auburn Tiger and all and uh I have no idea what that roster is what it's gonna be uh what Hugh can do there I know you've spoken to him and the staff and and have kept an eye on Auburn so uh tell me the good news Phil
0: (laughs) well the good news is talking to coach freeze he does believe this team is uh bought in for this season and you know I'll go back to last year Don that Penn State game I thought Albert played a really good first half against Penn State then got blown out in the second half and once that happened Brian Harson was basically dead man walking. So now the players on the team knew the head coach was going to get fired. The only question was when. And they went through that long losing streak until they finally fired him, got the interim head coach in there, and the team started playing a little more unified. I think we will see a unified team this year. They have 17 returning starters coming back. Uh, coach Freeze likes the talent, doesn't, doesn't necessarily love the talent, but he does think the running back core is the best running back core he's had, led by Jarquez Hunter. They've got Brian Battee who comes in. from uh south florida which was a nice pickup quarterback in my mind is a question mark coming in will it be ashford will it be Thorne? uh but neither one's going to be a major strength at the qb spot but overall the defense is stronger i think the team's more bought in they have a tough schedule number 11 in the country i see this team making a bowl game this year i don't see them contending in the west but it'll definitely be a better year than last year don
2: that's right baby steps (laughs) <laughs> Baby steps back to dominance. Here we go. Hey, All Phil, bets are off for the Iron Bowl. <laughs> Phil, let's
1: let's stay in the uh, SEC West. A lot of people loving what Brian Kelly's doing at LSU. Uh, is Jaden Daniels the guy at quarterback to to maybe get them that another SEC West title?
2: searching hvac near here right here ma'am how can we help wow nobody local
4: huh wait what we are an hvac company literally in your neighborhood why is she not seeing us
2: just all the big chains well it is what it is
4: what in the can you not see us nope they can't see you
1: because you're buried deep in the list of local hvac providers you are invisible online
4: Introducing Cumulus Boost Get a boost, get found, get on the map Learn more at CumulusBoost.com The Ed Let Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey Knowledge and thought leadership Sebastian Maniscalco I'm a comedian In my 20s, I was in, like, in a company And I don't know like how marketing, sales Yeah, you're a
1: brand, you're a company Yeah, and Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman yeah, yeah. To that, Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. When you first said it, I'm like, yeah, it's a business, man.
0: Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute.
4: The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen.
0: Well, they're going to have to win at Alabama, which is tough. And as I mentioned, I think Bama's a better team at home than they are on the road, as we've seen in recent years. And uh, they also have to play at Ole Miss and draw Texas A&M. But there's no doubt LSU's a much more experienced team than they were heading into last year. Uh, last year, uh, Kelly relied on a lot of transfers. He was relying on a lot of transfers again this year. I've got four or five on the defensive side of the ball that I project to start. So this is a talented team, one that's better than last year. But go back to last year's LSU team for a minute. I mean, they lost the opener to Florida State. They needed that comeback against Auburn to, to win. They needed a comeback against Mississippi State. They got blown out by Tennessee. At one point, they're 4-2, and two, and you're wondering, you know, where's this team headed? Played better down the stretch, but still had some close wins. The overtime win against Alabama the three-point win against Arkansas when Arkansas didn't have starting quarterback K.J. Jefferson available for that one. And so I wasn't sure that LSU was quite as good as their 10-4 record last year. I think they're a better team, but uh, I've got them and Texas A&M actually tied for second in the West behind Bama.
3: You mentioned Arkansas right there, K.J. Jefferson, him returning. Does he have any weapons to get the ball to on the outside, on the perimeter, or are we expected... For Coach Pittman to go on and make this smash-mouth team and let's get a little RPO going and, and just get downhill with these guys.
0: Well, they got the running backs like Raheem Sanders uh, to do that, but they are switching the offense up this year. Uh, they've been a run-based team. They're going to throw the football more. I had question marks about that when I talked to Coach Pittman. He said that uh, K.J. Jefferson has taken to the offense. He's a leader of the team and very happy in the new pro-style offense. So it's going to be a different style attack that Arkansas – uh, puts on the field, and while they don't have any big name wide receivers, you got a, a guy like uh, Satenga, at the uh, the redshirt freshman who was my number thirty rated uh, wide receiver coming out of high school, and Coach Pittman told me that uh, not only he likes the wide receiver room. But K.J. likes the wide receiver room, which is important. So I think you're going to see him be a much more effective passer this year, easily top last year's 2,600 yards passing. And when you've got a guy like Rocket Sanders in the backfield, then uh, look out. They're going to have a pretty good offense.
1: Okay. Who's the, uh, so we talked Georgia-Tennessee. Who's the third team in the East?
0: Uh, I think there's three teams in a cluster there, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Florida. Florida's got the toughest schedule of the three, so I went with South Carolina, and the thing with Shane Beamer, this guy outperforms expectations. What were the over-under win total his first year, like three and a half, and he got to seven? Last year, they're six and six. And they've got they're going to, or six and four I should say, and you figure they're going to finish six and six because they got Tennessee and Clemson on deck, and then all of a sudden Spencer Rattler becomes the Spencer Rattler you thought he could be, and they knock off Tennessee sixty three thirty eight. Sorry for bringing that up, sore spot there. Yeah, yeah. Then they beat uh, Clemson thirty one to thirty, which was another shocker. So I think with Beamer they're always going to overachieve. They've got the best special teams in the country, and they've got the schedule to potentially get there. They get kentucky at home they get florida at home and i think getting those two games at home has me picking south carolina third in the east this year
2: did you enjoy your conversation with beamer he's one of our favorites i just love his personality
0: absolutely and he's always very very good with his time and wants to go over every single player on the team and uh, always enjoy it and i remember conversations with his dad you know back at virginia tech so i always bring that up because uh, i always enjoyed them as well
2: yeah no doubt. Um, is there somebody that, and, and this can be nationwide, that I feel like there's always the team that maybe people don't watch and then all of a sudden, you know, they end up in the top ten. And and who's kind of maybe do you think has a chance to be that surprise team that the country will be like, oh, wow, look at so-and-so. Who knew that they were that good?
0: Who's this year's TCU, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> um. I'm going to go, excuse me, I'm going to go to the Big Ten for this one, and I'm going to go with the Wisconsin Badgers. Ooh. And it's a combination of things, but let me, they were they were just 7-6 and six last year. Not an overwhelming year. Remember, they fired their head coach mm-hmm. at one point, and everybody thought Jim Leonard was going to be the head guy. And they decided to bring in Luke Fickle. And this was really a progression for me in the magazine process. The magazine is a seven-month process. And the first write-through I do is a postseason. And I heard they were hiring Fickle and bringing in Phil Longo from North Carolina and his pass-happy offense. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that even fits at Wisconsin, for crying out loud. They wear teams down in, in November with that big offensive line and that run game. And that's why they're so successful. I don't like the switch. But after talking to Coach Fickle in the third right-through process and seeing what they have on the team. I like who they brought in a quarterback in Tanner Mordecai from SMU. I think it would be successful transitioning to more of a pass offense. But Coach Fickle assured me they were not going purely pass offense. They didn't forget the run game. They know they have Braylon Allen in the backfield. They know they have Ches Malusi in the backfield. They have a big old offensive line that's a veteran group. He feels that the, to switch to more of a pass offense is actually going to open up holes for Allen and Malusi and they'll be more effective. Then on the defensive side of the ball, they go from having just three returning starters last year to eight this year. In fact, they jump as a team from number 107 on my experience chart to number 20, a massive jump, much like mm. Texas A&M, much more experienced team. Then you look at their schedule at Washington State, at Purdue, at Illinois, at Indiana, at Minnesota. Those are their five road games, all winnable. Toughest two home games, Iowa, and Ohio State, and they catch Ohio State the week after they play Penn State in a big home game. So it's really a beautiful schedule laid out for Wisconsin to go 11-1 and or 12-0, and get themselves to the Big 12 title game. Luke Fickle took a group of five team to the playoff. He's the only one to do that. I think he's got a chance of taking Wisconsin to the playoff this year. They are my number one surprise team or a non-top-10 team that I think actually has a chance of making the playoff.
2: Yeah, especially with Fickle coaching. And I'm, I'm a huge Phil Longo fan from – you remember his time at Ole Miss when Jordan Ta'amu was his his quarterback. But you know they had Demarcus Lodge and AJ Brown and and a bunch of weapons, and they just aired it out. They had a good run game. I don't know. I think I like what Phil Longo does. So it's going to be interesting to see him there. You mentioned their tough road game against Ohio State, which I'm sure Fickle Home will game. be. Or, sorry, home game against uh, Ohio State, which I'm sure Fickle will be ready for, right? um, Yes,
0: absolutely, (laughs) definitely.
2: That leads us to Ohio State and what you think about where they are.
0: You know, Ohio State, I actually have number two in my power poll, which is, uh, there's two different things in my magazine. The power poll is where I rate the overall talent that a team has, and then I've got my top 40, which is where I rank them at the end of the year. I don't have Ohio State making a playoff, despite them being number two in the power poll. Now, I think their quarterback, they'll be just fine. I've got Kyle McCord winning the starting job. At the end of the year, we've seen this out of of Ohio State. First-year starting quarterbacks, you know, they've had numerous ones the last 10 years and they've had the best quarterback in the Big Ten nine of the last ten years. I think McCord, probably a Heisman candidate at the end of the year. They've got the receiving core, best in the country. They've got a vastly improved run game. Remember, they were all banged up last year, losing Henderson, losing Williams. But those guys are back and healthy. The question marks I have would be offensive tackle, and maybe a little bit the secondary. But the biggest question mark I have with them is the schedule. They do have three tough road games. They play Notre Dame on the road, and that's a young quarterback making a big road start in week four of the season. They play Wisconsin on the road the week after they play Penn State. Very tough situation. And then they play that team from up north, on the road, and it's a, it's a Michigan team where Jim Harbaugh has beaten Ryan Day two of the three meetings. So add it all up. I think they do lose a game or two this year, and that's why, despite being number two in my power poll, the schedule has me only ranking them number five heading into the year.
1: Phil Steele with us on 3HL. PhilSteele.com is the website. Uh, Kentucky gets the quarterback transfer. Devin Leary, a couple of years ago, had a big season for NC State 35 touchdowns, just five interceptions. What, what do you expect from the Wildcats this year? Let's see something different for dinner searching
4: restaurants near me right here ma'am how can we help gee same old same
1: old wait we're, we're right here ma'am our restaurant's just a few blocks from you why is she not seeing us
4: back to the usual i guess ma'am can you not see us nope they can't see
1: you because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants you are invisible online introducing cumulus boost get a boost get found get on the map
4: learn more at cumulusboost.com are you ready for hard-hitting observations she is the least credible person i may have ever seen on camera the ben shapiro show brings you all the news you need to know in america today guys not everything is 40 chess why can't we just laugh ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch we all know i'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to facts by tom mcdonald the ben shapiro show on youtube or wherever you listen
0: Uh, Well, this is another one of those teams that's more experienced than last year, and I actually think they're upgraded at QB. I mean, let's face it, last year expectations were huge for Will Levis, but only a 19-10 ratio. Wasn't really 100% the majority of the year. I think Devin Leary can step in and do well. They bring back... Liam Cohn at the offensive quarters, coordinator spot, which is solid. They bring in a Ray Davis, who you guys know from Vanderbilt, the 1,000-yard rusher. That's a, it's a nice piece there. He's going to be, I think, able to replace Rodriguez there. The offensive line was the key last year. The big blue offensive line was not the big blue offensive line last year. I mean, they only averaged 3.3 yards per game rush and gave up 47 sacks. Now they've got four starters back there. I think they'll be a much better offensive line. The defense looks to be in in decent shape this year. I think it'll be a good year for Kentucky. The fact they have to play Mississippi State, South Carolina, Georgia all on the road. Tennessee at home, I think they'll be a dog. Bama at home, I think they'll be a dog. I don't know if they'll improve much on last year's record, but I do think they'll be a stronger team.
3: Phil, you talk about O line. I don't know if we could talk SEC football and not mention the Florida Gators. Um, they're not giving us much to mention, but. Can <laughs> they you. They just like, hate some. Yeah, yeah, they do. Some like, are dogs is all around <laughs> the board. But they do have a beefed up O line coming back. Is that just going to be the mainstay? Is that the anchor for them?
0: Yeah, I think the offensive line is going to be big, and how Graham Mertz plays, and i got to be honest, before talking to Coach Napier, I really had a lot of doubts about the quarterback position because, to me, a Napier offense always does better with a mobile quarterback. Mertz is not, I mean, he's mobile enough, Coach told me, but, I mean, he's not exactly your running quarterback that you want back there, but he's extremely intelligent, he's got the arm strength, he's one of those first-in, last-out type of guys, and uh, he was there the entire spring, and Coach Napier feels that they're running under the radar i mean they're over under win total in vegas is five and a half so vegas is saying they don't even make a bowl game this year they do play the toughest schedule in the country number one but i think we'll see an improved florida team that gets to a bowl and, and baby steps with them i think it gets them back towards being there and i got to think what the recruiting napier is doing in year three they could actually be a contender again in the east but the schedule's too tough this year
1: what about the vanderbilt commodores the hometown team here in nashville love the patterson uh brothers on defense what what do you see from them
0: you guys have to love talking to coach lee don't you yeah absolutely, yeah, okay. no
3: doubt <laughs> he's one of the best
0: i he mean was, and uh, they're
2: getting new facilities they're working on it over there
0: uh, oh they are. And I, I told coach lee i'm like uh you know what uh i wouldn't take the vanderbilt job but he's the type of guy that would because he was <laughs> a walk-on at vanderbilt <laughs> I, and, and did extremely well and uh Uh, You look at the fact that A.J. Swan, I thought, got his feet wet last year and was doing well. Uh, That's a good piece to build on. Will Shepard, a wide receiver, along with McGowan, gives him that. The running backs, they lose a 1,000-yard rusher, but they got three guys stepping in. And I think with the depth they have – uh, they'll be just fine at the running back spot. The offensive line's improved, so I think we do have an improved offense for Vanderbilt. Defensively, uh, I like the way he's building this this unit, or building the defense overall. Good pieces coming in. He added a couple of key players through the portal. Naturally, Vanderbilt's never going to overwhelm you in the transfer portal because of the academic issue and all that. But this is a more talented Vanderbilt team than last year. Now, he's exceeded expectations last year. I think the win total for them was, what, 2.5, and, yep. and they get to 5? somehow. Right. Knocked off both Kentucky and Florida. This year, the overall win total is three and a half, and I think that's a legitimate number, but I'm betting on Clark Lee as the head coach to get them over that total and flirt with the bowl game again, despite playing at Vanderbilt in the rugged SEC. So I'm, I'm looking forward to watching Vanderbilt football, but the key is they got to get off to a great start. they got to get four or five wins early because that back half of the schedule is brutal.
1: Last thing on the way out, um, Phil, uh, what who do you think will be some of the most impactful freshmen this year? Uh, everybody likes to talk about Arch Manning, but that's a crowded room over there at Texas. I'm curious to get your take on on some of the young guys.
0: Yeah, you know, one of them, uh, I'm looking at uh, Dante Moore at UCLA. I think he can actually win the starting job for the Bruins, and if he does, could have a pretty talented team uh, with UCLA. The rest of the supporting cast is strong. He's a very talented quarterback, so watch for Dante Moore. Of the quarterbacks coming in, I think he's the guy that makes the biggest difference this year. You know, running back-wise, I'd look at a guy like Ruben Owens at Texas A&M. Now, Coach Fisher said don't put him your number one running back. He's probably not going to lead the team in rushing, but I think he is going to get a lot of carries this year, be part of a very loaded Texas A&M backfield. We talked about the Aggies a little bit earlier. And then, uh, of course, Sakari Branch at USC. Uh, he's a guy that steps in. He's got some guy, Caleb Williams. I don't know if you guys heard of him, but uh, with Caleb Williams throwing the uh, the football, I think Branch should have a pretty big year as well.
1: Phil, appreciate the time. Always uh, love the rundown, man, and uh, really appreciate you.
0: Hey, I always enjoy talking football with you guys. We should do this more often. It was a lot of fun.
2: Yes, Phil, we should. You're busy, though,
1: Phil. com <laughs> is the website. You can order the magazine there, hard copy or digitally. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate you.
4: Thanks, Phil.
2: All
1: right.